Hey everybody, welcome to the Sharp Tongue Podcast. I'm your girl, Jessie Mae Peluso. Thank you for listening. I'm so happy you're here. And if you guys are enjoying the podcast, don't forget to leave us a review. Don't forget to rate us. We love to hear and see how you guys are enjoying the podcast. And if you have any suggestions you'd like, or even some negativity, we have a place for that. Email us, jessiemaypelusocomedy at gmail.com, as well as leaving us suggestions of who you'd like to see or hear me interview, topics you'd like me to discover and discuss on the podcast as well. Not discover, but discuss. And then you can discover it because you're listening to it. And speaking of discovery, to get the podcast early and exclusive content, go over to my Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash jessiemaypeluso. And the episode will be available in chunks on YouTube from now on and also available early on my Patreon page. Everything's always changing, so I'm keeping up with the Joneses, the technological Joneses. And um, what else is happening? Oh, I'm on tour. Duh. JessieMay.com for shows. I'm going to be all over the freaking country. So make sure to check and see if I'm coming to your city. That's jessiemay.com forward slash tour. I start out on tour in Everett, Washington on 420. Hey, hey. And then I'll be in Florida and at the Key West Cap City Comedy Club in Key West, Florida. So make sure to check out those dates. And I hope you enjoy this episode with me. Sharp Tongue Podcast. Beep, 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 You're listening to the Sharp Tongue Podcast. I'm your host, Jesse May Jessie. Peluso. It's a personal look. Well, it's not really a look because it's a podcast. I'm already fucking this up. This is kind of like a verbal comedy diary, a deep look into the crevices of my mind. It's going to get dirty. You might cry. You'll probably laugh. Hopefully you'll laugh. The whole point is for you to laugh, but you also might cry. I talk about my family. I talk about farts. farts. I talk about love, loss, comedy, how hard it is to make it in this biz. I'm a fucking professional. Each week it's something different. Sometimes I have a guest host. Sometimes it's going to be a movie companion episode. Sometimes I just ramble about the bullshit I dealt with the week before. You never know what you're going to get. It's raw, uncut, and funny. Welcome to the Sharp Tongue Podcast. How we doing? We have a lot to talk about today. I have show notes. We're doing notes. We've always done notes, but sometimes you see them, sometimes you don't. While they're here, a girl's got to keep herself in check. And I, well, first thing I want to say is at the end of the episode, I'm going to talk about the best psychic reading I've ever received. And it came through in an Instagram DM of all places. So that'll be at the end of the episode. But for now, oh, did I bring my, I did. Okay. So I want to talk about snacks. Now I'm somebody who snacks a lot. I don't know if you guys like to snack. I'm a snacker. I I graze. I think if I were ever to come back in another life, it definitely would be as a cow or some sort of grazing animal because I like to eat all day long. That's not to say I don't love a big meal. I love a big meal. I love sitting down to a big meal with friends. Not too many because let's be real. The more people that are there, the less quality time you get. And I get a little bit of anxiety around groups of people where as if I'm with a smaller group, it feels better. So I, I love a, I love a good meal. I love the bread. My dad always used to yell at me about the bread. He would always be like, babe, you're going to fill up on the bread. And I'm like, dad, I'm not going to fill up on the bread. I'd always fill up on the bread. You're not a human being unless you fill up on the bread. And also what's going on in restaurants now? We're, we're not getting bread. Why aren't I getting bread? Do you know bread is actually like a palate cleanser? So how am I going to be able to enjoy this second course if I don't have my bread palate cleanser here at Sharky's Mexican restaurant. I, I want bread everywhere I go. It's a major problem. But besides eating meals out with friends, I love snacks. I freaking love them. I have a whole snack cabinet in my house. 
Now, my snacks are probably more boring compared to other people's snacks. You know, other people's snacks have a lot of fun stuff in them, like Red Dye 5. Mine doesn't. Mine has boring shit in it, like organic cane sugar. I want to walk into oncoming traffic that this is an ingredient that is in a snack of mine. Well, I made a mistake. A little ASMR for you. I made a mistake. I made a snack mistake. This bag of creamy peanut butter filled pretzels is a, a purchase I've made before and did not like it because it's gluten-free. Now, not all gluten-free products are created equally. And also just because something says it's gluten-free doesn't mean it's healthy and it doesn't mean it's going to be freaking good. So I bought this bag before and I forgot how horrible it was. And I, and the problem is I bought it again, but I had gone into the grocery store hungry, which is a recipe for disaster. You should never go grocery shopping hungry. You know what happens? You end up buying shit you bought before that was horrible. Sorry, Quinn, but step up your gluten-free game. This should be gluten-full. You need to make an option that's filled with gluten because I'm convinced that the gluten-free is where you went wrong. It says real ingredients taste better. Pretzels made from root vegetables and sorghum. What the? F what is sorghum? Filled with creamy peanut butter topped with sea salt. It says root vegetables, sorghum. I know what sorghum is. It's a freaking grain. Uh, and I always love, there's, there's always like a, a personal note. And, and no offense to the person who created this company. Good for you. It's hard to create a company, and I don't mean to shit on it, even though I just did. But the problem is, is that this, it tastes stale. Now, I think if you were to add the gluten back in, we wouldn't have a problem. But something tells me it's gluten-free for a reason, and there's always a nice little story in these smaller companies uh, on the back of their packages. So it says, pretzels reimagined. I'll, I'll get to that after I read the message so I can dictate how much of a jerk to be and I think I'll just be less of a jerk when my son Quinn was born now see this I should have read the bag first because this is if this goes into some if the kid got sick I'm deleting all this <laughs> if something's wrong with fucking Quinn I'm gonna be really upset at myself when my son Quinn was born, I set out on a mission to clean up my favorite childhood snacks. Okay. It took years, but the proof that anything is possible is in your hands. The proof, but the proof that anything is possible is in your hands. Christy. Well, I'm sorry, Christy, that I shit all over these pretzel nuggets. I just want to try a gluten-full option. That's all I'm saying. And I'm not 100% convinced on the gluten-free thing, but I will say there are certain products that when I eat them, I get all... <clears throat> you guys have that where you like eat drink a beer or even some pretzels and you eat it and your whole head feels filled and you have a headache that's probably the gluten but i grew up on gluten i'm fine right let's try these again let me just see you hear that crunch oh christy they taste good but i gotta be honest it feels like a molar's gonna pop out it's a very hard crunch. The flavor's there. Generous peanut butter application. And the ingredients aren't horrible. It's not all ideal, but it's really hard to do that. And they do use hemp heart protein. Christy, I love you, but they taste stale. I'm going to have another one. <coughs> See? Karma comes quick. Imagine I die in a pretzel after talking shit about this poor kid, Quinn. 
Man, that's a crunchy crunch. Just too much crunch and then there's a chew in it. You hear that? It feels like I'm chewing on teeth. You ever chew and chew and chew and you're just waiting to enjoy it? We gotta... This thing should come with a... It's the devil coming for me. These snacks should come with them. A Surgeon General warning. <clears throat> that you might lose a tooth. Oh, really? I mean, that's a... <clears throat> it should say extra ma mastication required. Because of all the chewing you have to do just for one piece. It's a lot of chewing, Christy. I hope Quinn's doing well, though. Send Quinn my love. And I love snacks like this. I also have this thing, and I think we talked about it before, where I buy food at the wrong places. I'm the type of person when I'm waiting in line at any one of the American Trilogy shops, Ross, Ross for Loss, Marshalls, or TJ Maxx, I will buy the food in the line. I'm a sucker for that shit. And I, I, I don't know why I continue to buy beef jerky at these places. You guys remember when I bought beef jerky at Nordstrom Rack and it ended up not being good? Shocker. Markdown jerky is no good at Nordstrom Rack. That was what we learned from a few episodes back. I'm on the eternal search to find the best beef jerky purchased at a place that should not sell beef jerky. So can't be a gas station and it can't be like a regular grocery store. It's got to be like one of these discount stores. If somebody finds that jerky, please tell me. Because I'm a sucker for some beef jerky, but apparently you can't get good beef jerky at Ross Dress for less. That seems really unfair for a place that sells socks, bedding, dog food, home decor. Um, something's wrong with me to think that I couldn't find some good beef jerky as well. What's the point of having a cornucopia of items if the beef jerky is not going to be good? I'm choking on the pretzel. That's what I get for talking shit. <coughs> Jesus. I gotta say, I just sounded just like my dad. Jesus. I just had a flash of Joe. This, I'm not one to t do small talk. You guys know that. It's kind of why I have a podcast. Not that this is big talk, but rambling per se. I don't like to do the, oh, the weather conversation that people do. But I gotta tell you, the weather in LA is atrocious. And it's, it's not helping Cuntopia 2023 at all. We thought that was going to end. I got to tell you, it rained again today in LA and Cuntopia reopened. We opened up ticket sales again. The rides are open in Cuntopia world and the lines are full and we're, we're whipping up. We got the cotton candy machine going. The popcorn machine is firing off. The kids are in line. Everyone's excited to be at Cuntopia. It's back. But sitting here in LA with this weather... And, and really feeling how it's affecting my mood. My father suffered from seasonal depression. And I'm sure people out there also experience that. It made me wonder, what the heck do people in Seattle do? Because this is their everyday existence. The Pacific Northwest, it's rainy, it's wet, it's cold. How do they stay productive? All I want to do is stay home in sweatpants and watch reruns of Schitt's Creek and Golden Girls. And episodes of Full House, wherever I can find a sweet rerun. All I want to do is order hot comfort food, stay in cotton, and watch 
and stream TV shows in this weather? How does anyone stay productive? How does anyone in Seattle get anything done? I don't understand. With all this rain, it, it, they should be studied. Does anything get done in Seattle? We don't even know. And you know, last week we talked about dressing for depression. I mean, that's the land of Patagonia. They're not even dressed for depression. They're dressed for hiking. These motherfuckers put outfits on like they're ready to scale a mountain when it's been raining for 42 years. That's another level of ambition and motivation that I I don't have when it comes to being stuck in this weather cycle. And I'm from the East Coast. What happened to me? This is what happens when you live in an area. It can really, it can really fuck up the flow. I'm a quote unquote New Yorker, upstate New York, which makes up the chunk of the state. Everyone acts like New York City is the darling. Well, I hate to break it to you that upstate New York is, is the larger mass of the state. Everything else but New York makes up the entirety of the state. New York City is just a teeny, teeny little sliver. But I do consider myself a New Yorker, an East Coaster per se. I grew up in this weather. Let me tell you, nobody gets anything done. You know what gets done? Drinking and domestic abuse. That gets done. And back in the day, we'd roller skate like a motherfucker. We'd take laps and laps and laps and laps around the roller rink. That's what we got done. That's why it's probably great to have skilled trade popping off in those types of states where the weather is so inclement because you're, you don't want to do anything else. So you just stay in that cycle, that cycle of misery because there's no sun to give you any hope. So it's probably easier to have people work in these factory jobs and places like that because the weather in the factory is the same as the weather outside. It's a scam. It's a real scam. Out here in LA, we've got Silicon Valley. People are riding scooters in the damn offices. There's no roof in the fucking building of the office. Google's got bars and puppies and massage therapists. It's not real work out here. Nobody works a real job where it's sunny every day. Are you kidding me? This is a land of dreamers. And, and, and I'm pissed that this weather has stuck. It's really, it's really messed me up, you know? So I'm just wondering, how do people get done? How do people get things done in areas where the weather is like this all the time? Because I am feeling it. I, I am really feeling it. I am dragging ass. I, it takes a lot more motivation. And I, I, I just don't know what happened to me. Or maybe... I was not motivated living in Syracuse, and that's one of the reasons why I got out. But coming to L.A., it's such a different energy out here. And look, I've got a hoodie on. When I wear hoodies, you know I'm not feeling 100%. It's not to say hoodies aren't comfortable and cute and you can make a really cute hoodie outfit. I do have a couple coordinates. Amazon sells a really cute coordinate champion hoodie and sweatpant coordinate that I have lived in. But it's, it's like stylist stylistic and, and stylish and cute it's not like completely giving up hoodie this is this hoodie i'm if i have got my lady gaga enigma hoodie on i'm probably not going to leave the house for a week so I'm, I'm literally in the point where i'm dressed for depression again from last week that's not to say i don't feel depressed but this weather's making it tough oh this weather's challenging but i hate to talk about the weather but the weather put a damper for me this past weekend, because I went to the farmer's market. I fucking love the farmer's market. 
And this is where I like to do a little overheard segment because there's a lot of ridiculous things you can overhear in a farmer's market. And I think we kind of talked about it before, what, what kicked this off for me wanting to do an overheard at the farmer's market segment on the podcast. I think we spoke about it. I, I feel like I brought it up, but if I didn't, I'm going to bring it up again. What inspired this was I was at the farmer's market months ago and I heard a woman go, Dashel, Dashel, honey, don't put that in your mouth. You're going to choke. What was his name? What did you call him? Dashel? I don't remember that reindeer. Is that one of the rogue reindeers? Dashel? Now, is that when you put a little bit of something in a bag, like a dash in a satchel? Is that a combo platter of a phrase? What in the Chronicles of Narnia is a dashel? And what is he putting in his mouth? Because I, I think he should choke. I think for the sake of his own survival, he should choke. Because with a name like that, he doesn't have a shot. What's he going to do? D you know what Dashel's going to do? He's going to teach ayahuasca ceremonies in Venice, California, without any shoes on. He never wears shoes. Dashel's going to be the guy who is a millionaire walking around Venice shoeless, who does ayahuasca ceremonies. That's what Dashel's going to become. It doesn't sound horrible, but it sounds like he might be a real douche. There's no way Dashel's not turning into a douche. And that's why I was like, I need to do a segment where I start remembering and recording what women say at the friggin' farmer's market. And I, I, I wish I would have taken a mental note of what this woman looked like because there's no way she doesn't frequent this market every week. With a, naming her kid like Dashel, she probably has every reusable bag any store has ever made. And she's, she's made that into a quilt with her own two hands. And that's the only thing that the house can use to stay warm. She refuses to put the gas on because she wants to save the whales. She doesn't understand how the two are connected, but she knows she is a martyr. She doesn't know she's a martyr, but she is a martyr. She's a martyr fucker. And any woman who names her kid Dashel, if you're listening to this, I doubt you are because there's only the one woman that we are talking about. There's no way there's another person named Dashel. If there's a Dashel out there, please hit me up. Comedy at gmail.com. Tell me how you feel about being a Dashel. Maybe I'm wrong. Doubt I am. I could be wrong. And I got a snack for you. Dashel definitely is going to want a snack on Quinn's snack. There's no way Dashel's eating fucking gluten. Are you kidding me? There is no way Dashel's putting a dash of gluten in that friggin' pie hole. His mom wouldn't dare let him look at gluten. Dashel, honey, don't you look at gluten, honey. It's going to make you choke. Just the sight of gluten. You're going to choke on that. You're going to die. Honey, don't look at gluten. You'll die. Dashel. So... That's not what we heard this week. That was the inspiration for Overheard at the Farmer's Market. And I'm obviously I'm attacking Quinn's creamy peanut butter filled pretzels. And now I'm attacking Dashel. Um, this week I heard at my coconut milk stand, which is called Coco, I believe. It's the greatest coconut milk I've ever had. And I know people say that a lot. People get really excited about the things that they use. This coconut milk is to die for. So if you can go to this Marvista farmer's market. I hate to blow things up, but I, I want you, someone to enjoy this as well. The coconut milk is amazing. So I stand in line for this coconut milk. I'm standing in line and I see this girl who I know. And there's a bunch of these girls in LA who, who probably in their free time map out all the walls they want to take photos in front of. 
It's a very specific girl. They wear outfits that you have seen Kim Kardashian in. Everything's cropped. You know, that, that's it, everything's just under the boob. It's it's Lulu melon pants and cropped fluffy jackets. And you know she's in a white sneaker, holding a reusable coffee mug, that I I, I hope uh, has shards of BPA in it. She's standing there, and the woman's pouring a strawberry coconut milk into the glass jar. Because that's how we're saving the turtles now. Everything's glass. We put plastic straws. We put glass straws in plastic cups. And we put probably, you know, this processed coconut milk that's causing whatever problem that is into glass jars. And we act like we're solving the problems that we have caused. It's over. Nothing we're going to do is going to help anything that we've done already. (laughs) We're fucked. George Carlin had it right in that bit where he talks about we're not the ones mother nature is going to be fine. We don't need to worry about mother nature. She's going to shake us off like fleas. We act like any of the efforts we're making are going to help her. We're fucked. Anyways, the wave is coming. The sixth extinction is right around the corner. Hope you enjoy your cup of coffee. Have the bowl of cereal, have a bowl of ice cream. We're all going to die. Anywho. So this girl's standing there in her Kim Kardashian carbon copy outfit, acting like she's original. And the woman's pouring the strawberry coconut milk into the glass bottle and the girl goes in in the tone that that is native to LA in the intonation and the cadence that is very specific to LA these girls speak a very specific way and it's so contrived and it's not real and they all sound the same even some gay guys sound like this and I just don't buy it it's not authentic it's not authentic at all to show me your authentic self. And it's a very hard thing to come by in LA. This is not a town built on authenticity. It's a, it's a town built on compliance and, and people who are sycophantic and people literally trying to be somebody else. So this girl in this whole outfit, Kim Kardashian, carbon copy, looks at the woman pouring the vanilla coconut milk and she goes, that is gorgeous. Legend has it she's still saying gorgeous. I guarantee you that the woman is gone. The, the farmer's market is gone. There's no one pouring anything. And this bitch in this outfit that every other bitch wears in LA is still standing there going, that's gorgeous. And the woman pouring is like, I know. And then the girl goes, no, that's actually gorgeous. I wanted to stab her in her neck. Not literally. I would never do that. But you're just like, you're not a real person. You're not a real person. Oh, my God. Like, literally. Donnell Rawlings has a funny joke where he talks about how white girls add L-Y to everything. Literally, seriously, indubitably, honestly. And this girl said, no, like, actually, gorgeous. Like, gorge. When a girl says gorge, I want to gorge my eyes out is what happens. And you know what I realized what Cuttentopia is? It is my, it basically is my intolerance of inauthenticity that's what it is in everything in this moment made me so aggravated I wanted to be like girl find your identity because Kim Kardashian's is taken 
You have to find your own identity. You can't, and, and I realize that as children, the way we learn is to copy. But at some point, you become an adult. And I think that's why there's certain people, there's certain outliers in society who just stand out as cool, like certain artists that are just cool because they don't mimic. Even though I'm a firm believer that there are no new ideas, it's just old ideas reimagined. Same with people. We're just a version of somebody else reimagined. But there still is a possibility for originality. And that's all I'm asking for. So it's just some fucking originality. You have to find your identity, your own identity. And so many people are so afraid to not fit in that they'd rather take on the identity of a society or a culture or a person rather than be an authentic version of themselves. And I say version because I think we can be authentic in different ways in different scenarios. I think we can have a variation of who we are depending on where we are. It doesn't mean that we're lacking authenticity. It just means that we adjust. It's, it's kind of a part of being a civilized human being in modern society. You have to adjust a little bit. So when I'm home with my niece and nephew and hanging out at home with them in Syracuse, New York, I'm a different version of myself than I am when I'm on stage at a comedy club or that I am on a date at a nice restaurant or that I am in the presence of a, a sick family member. These are all versions of who we are, but they're still authentic to our essence. They're still a, 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 an a, um, actual piece of who we are. It's not a, it's not like a, just a contrived way of being because I'm afraid to fit into society. That's the problem. There's so people live and act in a way in order to be accepted. And I think what it takes to find your own identity is, is to do it at the risk of not being accepted, to not care about that, to, to not have that be the goal or the, you know, the, the motivate, the motivating factor in, in all of it. It's just, it, 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 it's just so, people live with so much contrivance in, in, the, in this world. And I don't know if I'm using that word properly, but that's what comes to my mind is contrivance and in the way people act and the way people step out. And this girl just was the epitome of contrivance. She doesn't know who she is and that's okay. That's okay. But at some point you got to, you got to crack the shell that you've put on in order to fit in. And you have to be okay with not fitting in because the, the, the craziest thing happens is that when you stop trying to fit in, you create your own lane and you start to attract more people who are more authentic and the people who are fake and phony or fall, will fall to the wayside. And that's what you want anyways. So that's what pissed me off about this girl. But it also was a reflection of where I'm at in my life in my journey for authenticity and, and trying to let go of preconceived notions and ways I think I should be and how I think I should act and just worrying about what everyone fucking thinks who gives a shit. I love that saying or, you know, I don't know who said it, but basically, you know, we spend so much time worrying what people think of us and those people are just worrying about what other people think of them. We're all worrying about the same thing and it never comes to, you know, fruition because it's, it's just not real. No one's worried about you that much. So why are you going to waste your time being a version of somebody else who 
doesn't even want to be that person authentically. That's not who Kim Kardashian is. It's not even what her face is. And I know this is a, a topic that has been discussed at exhaustion. And I am by no way shitting on any girl living how they want to live. Great. Live your life. But if you are living the way another person is living, you're wasting your life. That's all I'm saying. Kim Kardashian is a version of herself that is, I believe, totally inauthentic, literally inauthentic. And as a woman, do whatever you want to do to make yourself feel good. Okay. But let's not try and sell it like it's natural beauty is all I'm saying. And let's try to be a little bit more original. I want originality. Come at me with your originality. I, I, I get so exhausted by these girls. That's actually gorgeous. She was talking about the strawberry coconut milk. She thinks strawberry coconut milk is gorgeous? What? It was a pretty color. I will say that. It was a pretty pink. But just say that. It was a, it's, that's, that's a pretty pink. That's actually gorgeous. So it made me think of this video that I saw. And I don't, um, I don't know where this is from. I don't even know if we're going to be able to play it because honestly, YouTube likes to tag you for everything. But it's, it's a clip of a girl. Let's see if I can play it low. So it's a movie here. And it's from Louder Milk. Has anyone ever heard of that? 2017. I haven't seen it and I want to watch it. But basically, it's the same thing in conversation we're having. So I'm just going to play a little bit of it. If we have to cancel, if we have to get rid of it, I'm sorry. I'm putting the video up and I, let's just put the audio up. I'm being stupid about this. What can I get you? I've left a large coffee. Okay, so hot coffee? Hot coffee. Okay, room for cream? Totally leave room for cream. Why are you talking like that? Why are you talking like that? Because this is my voice? This is my voice. No, it's not. I heard you talking a minute ago. I know you don't talk like that. Neither do you, because nobody actually talks like this. You choose to talk like this, and today I chose to talk like this. Pretty fucking annoying, isn't it? Why are you so rude, man? Just stop doing that. Help us, my voice. No, it's not. It's an affectation that annoying teenagers and rich people use to sound like they don't give a shit. Except you work in a coffee shop, so I know you're not rich, and you don't look like a teenager. Unless you're Eunice Kennedy Shriver, knock it off. So just because I talk like this means I don't give a shit? And what exactly am I supposed to not give a shit about? That's an excellent question to ask yourself in your actual voice. Excuse me. Some of us would like to order. <laughs> Fuck everybody. Fuck everybody. You're a total dick, man. There. There you go. Good. You're talking. So I don't know if, we, hopefully that we can play that because Deb and I tried to play some stuff last time and it got flagged. So apologies if that was a total waste of time and I'll have her insert it as well. We'll try to make it work. But basically it's a clip from Louder Milk where this girl has an affectation and she's talking away. She learned to talk and she's a grown en she's grown enough to be original. And that's what I want to challenge you guys to just do something original for yourself. Do in, in how, you know, it's something original as if it fucking scares you. That's how you know if it's something original as, as if it's scary. And if it feels like you're afraid of what people are going to think. And, and, and it's not to not be afraid of, of what people think, but in your endeavors, if that's something that comes up, it means you're doing something that might matter. It means you're doing something that might be freaking original. 
So why not do that? What a waste of life to live somebody else's who isn't even living their life. Let's at least, if you're going to be a copycat, at least pick somebody fucking interesting. Pick somebody interesting. Emulate somebody who's actually accomplished something. Besides lipsticks and clothes to tuck in your fat and faces that don't even match what they once were. I love everybody. This isn't the end of the podcast, but I just, it, it was, it was my grievance for the past week. <laughs> That's gorgeous. You can't deny how annoying it is. And I'm, I'm doing a, a, an interpretation of it. Imagine it in, in the wild. That's, you know what we need? We need David Attenborough's recap of LA women in the wild. Behold. The native L.A. female. As she gallops across the street in her Lulu melon pants. Ah, holding a cup of coffee and saying things like literally and actually. She's hoping to attract a male so she doesn't have to put any effort out forth into the world. That's exactly what we need. And I feel like I need to make that sketch to prove a point. I really hope that... I, you know, I wanted Cuntopia to end, but now I feel like I'm tapping into something authentic. <laughs> so I wanted to do a letterbox review of the movie Megan. I don't know if anyone saw Ma- Megan, Megan. It's, it's with, uh, who's that anchor? Let me, let me just pull it up. Um, Megan movie. We'll get the cast. I love the girl who's in it. I think her dad's somebody famous. Allison Williams. I think her, her dad is that famous newscaster. Um, she's been in a couple fun stuff, a couple fun movies, and I enjoy her acting. And so I thought it would be interesting. So Megan is this movie. It's basically like almost a version of Chucky. And... That's a spoiler alert. It's an all-female cast, and even the even the Chucky doll is is a female as well. And it's just the doll looks like a combo platter of Annabelle and Angelina Jolie. Spoiler alert. I will say it was worthwhile watching because it was so ridiculous. It was absolutely ridiculous. And we're gonna get into a couple of their reviews, but I want to tell you what I thought of it first. And this will be a spoiler alert. It already is. It's it's a creepy doll that this girl makes. She's trying to, I don't know, find love. That's what we're all looking for. This She's just trying to find acceptance, and she does it in this version of a creepy doll. It's basically like an AI for parents who don't want to raise their children. And it's like, how much do you hate your kid to have a creepy robot babysit, is what I thought. You know, th- this isn't... Th- it's a question that I raised before. Do you want to be a parent, or do you want to be a mom? Like, do you want to have a kid or do you want to be a mom? Those are two different questions. And, and for anybody who buys the Megan doll, they obviously just wanted to have a kid like it was an accessory because they're willing to have a Chucky doll babysit it for the rest of its life. Now, I, I spent a lot of time alone. I think I could have thrived with a Megan doll. But, you know, the, the way this doll looks, a little creepy. A little creepy. And I think my parents at least loved me. And, you know, the thing that was frustrating about this movie is in the beginning, the main character's sister dies. And there's no grieving. 
Like I get, we are supposed to assume that happens, but we don't see her grieve at all. Like she picks up her kid and she went back to work and there was no concern about like the finam- the family dynamic or anything. This, this girl just picks up the kid, goes right back to work. Maybe that was her way of grieving. But as a person who's grieved, I'm like, this isn't realistic. She literally picks up her kid after her sister dies and was like, all right, well, I have to go to work. I would be like, all right, yeah, your mom is gone forever. I don't know. I'm going to do this. Like there'd be some realistic emotion. If I got stuck with my sister's kids, I would be freaking out. I, I wouldn't know what to make them to eat. I would be so stressed. But this girl's like, all right, I have to go back to work. I'm busy. I mean, and, and when she was making this doll that was meant for children, this is a, this is where we, when you watch movies, you're like, come on, you're not thinking. You got to think because everyone who's watching the movie is going to think of everything. So you have to think of everything and then some. So she's making this doll that's meant to be and spend time with kids, but she doesn't set any parental controls. Even our remote controls have parental controls. Even our our music streaming platforms and our movie streaming platforms have parental controls. I find it hard to believe that she didn't set any parental controls. How convenient. Because that allowed another storyline to be driven. And I don't like that. I don't like when they leave out rules in order to just push the story along. Like, no, no, no. We need parental controls. Figure out a way for the parental controls to mess up. But don't leave those out because then you just look stupid. You know? Um... And the other thing that was unrealistic is here's this doll who looks like if the bride of Chucky and Angelina Jolie had a kid and the neighbor is seeing it for the first time and she's just having a conversation with her like it's normal. She's just talking to this doll over the fence. I, I would be, (laughs) I would go inside and get something flammable and a flame and I would set that thing on fire and deal with the ramification after. There's no way I would be able to sleep next to my neighbor knowing that they have this demonic Annabelle and Angelina Jolie creature crawling around. There's no way. The neighbor's just so chill. Unrealistic. Um, and there was another scene when the little girl was grieving and the doll started singing to her. Okay. And then this doll kept on singing there were multiple scenes in this movie with this doll singing. And it's like the amount of times that this doll sang made me think that she was just trying to get a record deal the whole time. There were multiple scenes of this doll just like, and not just like lullabies. This bitch was Christina Aguilera. She was hitting the high notes. What are we doing here? Why is this happening? Why is this doll going for a Grammy? And then the other realistic thing, well, first of all, I was jealous because this doll had amazing brows. Like she was microbladed to the gills, microbladed, walking through with the best brows I've ever seen. The other thing that was frustrating is here's this like multi-million dollar asset. Like there's no way that this AI didn't cost less than a milli, right? This thing must have cost a couple million in, in, in patents alone. And she goes to this day camp where she's trying to like emotionally integrate her newly orphaned niece into the world. And she just leaves this multi-million dollar asset on a bench with all these other toys. Inconceivable. Inconceivable. You mean I'm supposed to believe that she's going to leave this thing that is her career breaking invention 
on a dusty bench next to stuffed animals that weekend dads won at a carnival? I'm not that dumb. What are you doing? This is bad writing. This is why we can't have nice things. And the creepy boy, uh, (laughs) the creepy boy, there's a real creepy boy moment in the woods that was a little unsettling. It was giving January 6th. It was giving proud boys, boys. And the way that this doll ran at him was one of the best parts of the movie. This doll got down on all fours and galloped towards this little entitled boy. And it was the greatest thing I had ever seen. So just fast forward to that scene and enjoy that. It, that, that was a redeeming scene. Um, I, I just, it was a real problem. You know, and I was fine with the creepy robot doll. I, I could kind of deal with it. You know, she's just kind of like a little creepy doll with with batteries. I think she actually plugs into the wall, kind of like a cell phone. But when she killed the neighbor's dog is where I got real pissed. I told you there's going to be spoiler alerts. And you know, if there's a dog and a creepy doll, one of them ain't surviving. And we know who. You know? And the other unbelievable factor is, that besides this girl being microbladed to death with her microbladed eyebrows, she had a blowout the entire time. How does this doll have and keep the best makeup ever? Like I get that everything's stationary on her face because it's a doll face. I've seen a lot of women in LA with faces like that. But the fact that her blowout stayed so fresh when she's galloping through the woods on all fours, it's like, girl, give me your, you know, who, who does your hair? Can I get the number? Because I'm over here. I look like I've spent a week in the woods and this is an effort, you know, to get it to look like this. It just was, it it was a lot, you know, and and when this little doll started up the McLaren, I'm from like a hundred feet away. She like blinked her eyes and the McLaren started up. It was ridiculous. Come on. And then she, she's singing at the piano. Oh God. It just, it, it, it was a lot. It really was a lot. The, the, the singing was intense, you know? And then she was like, in this family, we don't run from trauma. What? Why is this doll doing a TED Talk at the piano about emotional trauma? And why am I tapped into it? You know, it, it just, the, 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 one of the greatest scenes, another spoiler alert, is when the doll's perfectly blown out hair, aka her doll weave, got, ripped off with a hedge trimmer. You know, it just, it was perfect. It really was perfect. But this movie's ridiculous, and I wanted to read through a couple letterbox um, reviews just to see. I haven't read these yet, so we're going to go straight through together. I love that this movie only introduces one other kid character, and the kid is so shitty that the entire audience is immediately like, fuck that kid, I hope Megan kills him good. Talking about the only other kid who was in, the punk kid in the woods. Which, which is why he had to be that way. If he were nice, we wouldn't want Megan to kill him. So, um, let's see. She really thinks titanium is a lullaby. That's right. She sings titanium to this girl like a, li- like a lullaby. It's so ridiculous. Uh, this other person says, I believe in Megan's supremacy. Creepy ass doll brought to life really well thanks to the effects work, modeling, and performance going into it. It really was cool CGI or effects work. I will say that for sure. Williams is a good lead here. That's what I said. Not amazing, but fun and enjoyable. 
but great review. Very honest. Let's see what this person says. After first watch, I find myself siding with those who called Megan a fleeting, entertaining meme at best. There's fun to be had once a film gets going and lets a titular doll kill things and spook the human characters. It has more on its mind than the average PG-13 studio horror film duped in January's first week, dumped in January's first week. Yes, a $12 million budget is used effectively no matter how thinly stretched at times. But the film takes too long to become fun. The themes and implications and omnipresence in our lives and need for human connection in spite of it. It's terrifying. The terrifying things we consciously or subconsciously teach. Okay, this person's giving a full fucking review. I can't go on. Let's do another review. Look, I can... Have nothing. I have nothing against PG thirteen horror. I think Megan would be a good gateway for horror kids. Gateway horror for kids. You really think this is a good gateway horror for kids? I don't know about that. You sound like you don't have any kids. He gives this movie half a star. I think the movie didn't know who it wanted to cater to. I agree. Obviously, she had the the Twitter beef with Chucky. So Chucky, as a Chucky fan, I thought let's check it out. Yeah, I I, I agree. As a Chucky fan, I'm like okay, I'm gonna give Megan a shot. Um. TikTok bullshit is, is, was, I wrote in my notes. What? This is the part where you run. Oh, that's right. That's what she says in the woods when she gets down on all fours. That was a little cringy when she goes, this is the part where you run. And then it kicks into like Skrillex music. Um, why the hell did Juan and, and Blum blatantly lie and say there was no R cut when there was just one big move, money grab embarrassment to horror. Ouch. Well, I will say it's worth a watch. It is entertaining. And the, the effects are pretty cool, but there's a lot of ridiculousness in it. And I probably spoiled most of it for you. Uh, let's do a couple calls. Let's do a couple calls. Um, before we get to that, a reminder, I'm going to tell you about the greatest psychic reading I ever got. And then also before we get into that, did I tell you guys that I got another email about redoing my bedroom this time from Target? I talked about it. I haven't really Googled anything. I've only mentioned it a couple weeks ago, and now I'm getting emails about redoing my bedroom from every place I shop at. This is why America goes broke. Not because I can't say no, but because I'm getting emails, unsolicited emails, and I won't have it. Uh, okay, let's do a couple calls. Let's see what we have. I know uh, I checked today that we had some fans call in. If you guys want to call into the podcast to have your message left and played for the podcast it's 513-916-0930 see what we got here okay are we gonna play there we go speaker there we go oh my god why don't you want to play Good morning, Jesse May. It's Evie. I'm calling from freezing cold Syracuse on a Saturday morning. I actually just listened to How to Heal a Broken Heart podcast that you did this week, and I was laughing because somebody wrote in and said, why does it hurt so much to smash your pinky toe? And it reminded me that about a year ago, I wrote this thing about your pinky toe. So basically, if you want to compliment somebody on their strength and, and resilience, just say you're as tough as a, as a pinky toe, and this is why it's the best compliment. We were created with five toes on each foot for balance, but the pinky toe is the little one who is consistently smashed and hurt, possibly broken, and no way to cast it to heal it. It has to learn over and over how to heal itself. It's by far the toughest toe. 
because even though it hurts so bad, it must continue to do its job until it heals, only to be smashed another day. So Damn. I just thought I would share that. Damn. My biggest dream is to meet you and Carly in Syracuse one of these days. Next time you guys come, it's on my bucket list. I'm going to do it. So hope you're having a nice, warm L.A. Saturday while I freeze my ass off here in Syracuse. And, yeah, I'll hear you on the next podcast. Bye. That was lovely, and what a great anecdote. So be the be the little toe. Uh, thank you so much, and and hey, from Syracuse, girl, um, come to one of my shows soon. I'll let you know when I'm gonna be in Syracuse. But yeah, I've I've broken my pinky toe about four times, so I'm I'm good. I I I hope they can find a way. I love that they're like we can create. We basically can create uh, and be able to transplant uteruses, but we don't know how to fix pinky toes. Mm, no biggie. Let's see what we got here. Hello, Jesse. I mean, he's Brandon. I think I've called in here a couple times, but I actually love the podcast. I actually like... This guy's stoned, right? There's no way this guy is not. Is he stoned or did he just wake up from a nap? I'm, I'm more about you uh, just talking about your day and talking about, you know, speaking your mind other than trying to be the doctor. But since you're the doctor on women, uh, I think I got something for you. Okay, so since he has a Dr. Peluso one, I'm going to save this for a Dr. Peluso episode, which this is not. So I'm going to I'm gonna save this, this call for this guy. Uh, let's see what we got here. One more. We'll do one more. We'll see what this one is. Hey, Jesse. This is... Uh, I I've caught myself in a Okay, I think Brandon's having a moment. So we're gonna put Brandon on the next episode. Uh, he has a very, very long email and I wanna be able to give it some attention. There's two messages from Brandon. So Brandon, if you hear this, we'll get into this in the next Doctor Peluso episode, even though you said you like when I rant. This is a ranting episode. So we'll save that for Dr. P. Um, and if you guys want to call in, don't forget 513-916-0930. And um, let's see what else did, what did we want to get into. Oh, so my, my psychic reading. Okay, my psychic reading before we, before we get out of here. So I got this DM on Instagram. And it blew me away. I'll read it to you. I see glory and blessings in you. And you are destined for greatness directly from birth. I have an important message for you, but I will need your honest permission to proceed because your ancestors have been trying to reach you by revealing some signs to you, maybe through your dreams or the repeated numbers you normally see. 222, 444, 1111, and 1515 around your environment. I also see your throat and sacral energy blocked. Whoa. I didn't even know I had sacral energy. I'm not even trying to mock. I'm going to have to Google sacral energy. It feels like it's from the lower region. I know about the chakras, but I'm not sure where the sacral energy is originated. Kindly reply to me once you get this message with a picture of your right hand palm, my dear, if you want to know the message I have for you. Namaste. I do not want to know. The fact that my ancestors are hitting this chick up and they're telling them that my throat and sacral energy is blocked. Why don't they tell me? Am I not getting the messages because my throat and sacral energy is blocked? Now I got to look up sacral energy. I should have Googled this before. Sacral 
Has anyone ever heard of this? Sacral energy. Sacral chakra. Here we go. Sacral chakra is believed to be the second chakra in the human body. It's thought to govern how you experience sexuality, creative expression, emotions, and more. According to most traditions, it's become blocked and unbalanced, as can other chakras in the body. It can become blocked and unbalanced. I mean, I feel like all my chakras are blocked, so it's probably not an inaccurate description. She says a healthy sacral, well, not she, this is Google, which may or may not identify as a female. A healthy sacral is characterized by feeling positive about your life, buoyant, sociable, by healthy habits. (laughs) You enjoy your life completely, but have innate balance in it. An overactive sacral is also out of balance with too much energy in it. Which emotion is stored in the sacrum? Sacral chakra elements, emotions, creativity, sensitivity, sexuality, intimacy, emotional well-being, and self-expression. I mean, sure, maybe my sacral energy is a little blocked. My throat energy, I feel like that could use some blockage, to be honest. I feel like we could shut that down a bit and I'd be okay because I've got 45 podcasts. Well, hopefully I can get that clip up from that movie. Um, well, let's see what this movie, what the heck was this movie called again? Um, Flocker, Louder Milk from 2017 it was just so spot on it really was a gorgeous clamp and i hope you guys can really listen to it uh shout out to one of my may bays someone sent me a screen grab they were listening to american trilogy the episode last week i believe it was and when she screen grabbed it to me it was tuesday march 14th at 4 20 hey so shout out to that fan i didn't see what your name was i apologize but thank you so much for sending me that if you if it's you and you hear this episode just send me another dm so i can find you again and shoot you a little love and um yeah i appreciate you guys so make sure you do what you can to discover your own true identity don't live the identity of other people because most people are just living to, for the acceptance of people they don't know. And I really want you to dig in deep and find what your true identity is and not be afraid to not fit in or not be afraid to disappoint people. I hope I didn't disappoint you guys this week with this episode. I appreciate you so much. Please leave us a rate and review. Shoot us an email if you have any suggestions about who you'd like to see me interview or topics you want me to cover. Comedy at gmail.com. Thank you guys so much. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.